Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Shay, and welcome to our Creator Podcast. This week, we're super excited to have Stephanie Hashem with us. She is a designer, um, does absolutely amazing work. Hi, everyone. <laughs> so we're so happy to have her here. We already kind of got started talking. Um, so many interesting things we're talking about. So we'll go right ahead and get started. Right, Josh? Oh, yeah. I, I am so impressed with your work, Stephanie. I think it is... Um, something you don't see every day. They're one-of-a-kind pieces. You have a style to you that I don't think a lot of people see with the colors and textures that you use. And I also, I think Shay and I both love the way that you have kind of updated the way that people carry purses and accessories. And I think that is just one of the best parts about your products. So we have lots of questions for you. Yeah. So, um, Stephanie, what was it about fashion that drew t- drew you to it at such a young age? Because when we're young, we all kind of, oh, I want to be a dancer. I want to be this. I want to be that. But you claimed it and you stuck with it. I, I found an old kindergarten, uh, what you call it, report card, <laughs> um, hidden in the back of the closet in my parents' house in Curacao. And um, my kindergarten teacher decided for me, she's like, I think this one's going to be an artist. Oh, wow. I'm not sure what I was doing in kindergarten, <laughs> but it's, I think it was a pretty clear sign because looking back at it as a teenager and understanding, you know, how I was kind of like maneuvering through life, what I was drawn to and interested in. I can't say, you know, it was per se always fashion because like on the island, you know, it, 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 it was a different, I don't think that it was something that was very accessible to me as far as it being a profession okay. until I decided, okay, well, I, I, I like the arts. I love people. I love to create my own stuff. My mother started showing me how to sew. So I would wear these very strange looking pants, you know, that I created and <laughs> I was not ashamed. And it was like, you know, maybe that is something that you know, it's worth exploring, you know, some more. It builds character because, I mean, other people don't often understand your uh, out there idea or fashion says. So, um, yeah, it's it's a challenge all the way around. Life is fashion. Fashion is politics. And I think it all kind of combines. That is so true. So what made you decide to focus on handbags versus clothes or other things for, you know, in the fashion space? The funny thing about it is that is because I don't like to carry them. Um, oh, that's funny. I don't either. That's very interesting. It's, it's such an interesting thing because I was I'm a very active person. I like to be able to put. I needed to find as a woman, you know, you need to have places to put stuff. And like you, you kind of I like fashion. I love accessories. However, I just didn't want to carry it all the time. So for me, I was like, how can I create something that is both um, just modern, sleek, that I can throw on and wear multiple ways and, you know, move around. And it's so funny because I started, I did this in 2014. It was the very first bag that I actually crafted, created. Uh Um, Well, actually, it wasn't the first one. It was one of the first that I say I was able to construct using the skills that I'd learned by going to the leather stores and meeting with different artisans that were showing me the ropes as far as like how to kind of construct um, a pouch or bag. Right. So um, yeah, I, was, I watched people, I, I watched different uh, shows. I think I was watching something on TV and this woman was wearing 
you know, one of those like saddlebag type things. And I was like, actually, how do I do this? So as I started constructing the bag, I realized how do how how is it that I can make it fit around all the different curves? And that is why I have that ring in the back. So as you kind of move through, no matter what shape you are and where it's actually left on your body, I started discovering different ways to kind of put it put it on. And that is actually why it's so central. And that's why that is my signature purse. Wow, that's amazing. Cause when I was looking at the bags, what I noticed like on the models, the bags seem to like be a part of your body and almost like a part of your clothing. It's not a separate item to your point that you're carrying. It's be, it's like a part of you, which is really strange, but yeah. that's exactly what I thought. And I love that because I don't like to lug like you extra stuff. So yeah. the fact that it blends and it's like a part of your, your outfit. Yes, so excited that you see that. Yeah. Like it really is kind of exciting to hear somebody say it that way. Um, I'm sorry, I'm so excited. No, that's what, what I saw. Like, yes. Exactly what that is. Yeah, it's up, especially when you wear it right underneath your um your in your torso, or if you wear it, you know, on your, you know, just a little bit closer to you. For me, that was an important position for it to be in when I'm traveling. Um, it's still cute, like especially the bags that I had that I did a collaboration with Kevin Bongang, different artists. It's it it's easy to access. Mm -hmm. I can turn it over to to be in the back like I didn't feel like I was about to drop everything and um it's it's a very simple pouch like passports I love it I like I that's my type of thing because even when you go out places you have to put your bag down but you don't want to put it on the floor because you know what they say about putting your bag on the floor and then you have to yeah. have little hooks to put your bag so if it can just be a part of me and I can move it around it's yeah. perfect Sometimes I never take it off. And it's so funny. It's so funny that you, that you merged. That made me happy. Thank you. <laughs> Josh, I was telling you that. I was like, Josh, yeah. this is what's amazing. It, it's, it sits on you. It's a part of your outfit. It's a part of your dress. It's a part of you. And I'm I love that it has a versatility to wear in the front or in yeah. the back, right? You can yeah. put it wherever you want on that uh, loop, right? And, and as a fanny pack. So the point is, so you just unhook it and you can wear it as a fanny pack. And you can wear it as a long crossbody. So, um, yeah, just the way that the strap is set up, it's it's that that was the the, the main um, intention for it. Yes. Well, you need a patent that, so nobody yeah. else. Yes, yeah, I, I actually did apply for a provisional patent for it. Yes. Good, good, good. You need to protect that because that I I'm sure a simple thing takes a long time to discover and yes. figure out. It does. And simplicity to me is the best form of design. You don't need all the bells and whistles, but it's beautiful. Like Shay was saying on the pictures of the models, it's stunning. And I love the, um, is it the clasp on the mask holder that you did? Uh -huh. The two straps that go over the corner of the triangle? Oh yeah, I do have that one. Yeah, there's two different, yeah, they just, it's a loop, right? So it kind of makes it easier for you to just pull it in. And sometimes your mask is larger or smaller and because it's leather, it's able to kind of, you know, expand yeah. a little bit and fit. So the loop actually solved the problem. Instead of having like a clasp or a magnet, etc. Um, I just did the loop and I'm, I'm gonna experiment with that with the bigger bags as well. So you can just stuff it with whatever you need. I'm so excited <laughs> for the bigger bag. I'm so excited because I said to Josh, I wanna ask her, will she have a bigger bag? And when you said that, yeah. made me so happy. 
it's an experiment still because it's a very different dynamic, you know, when you have it in that and in that in a different size. Yeah. yeah. It feels different. So well, yeah. I just love that construction, the simplicity of it. The like, you know, a lot of like you were saying has like magnets or whatever or a zipper or whatever, but you have this just little um strap that goes around that secures it in place, which I'm surprised we don't see more of that in purses and handbags. But I think it's ingenious what you did and I was uh, super impressed with it. I was just like, yes, I love like I just love that little that little detail makes that made it for me because I was like looking at it and I was like, okay, I like it. But when I saw that, I was like, yes, I love it now. Cause it's just that little extraness. Uh, yeah. I think it's like, that's part of the creative process which I think is funny and also surprising. And you're like, aha, this is how we can solve this problem. You know, it's, it's kind of getting this moment cause I created one that had like a long strap and it's really fancy and it has like a magnet on it, but you won't use it. If it's not easy to access, it's pretty, but you won't use it. So I just wanted it to be something that you just like drag and you stick in and, you know, can just keep it, keep it moving. Yeah, there's some kind, there's a kind of natural feel about the process of how you close it to Josh's point. It's very smart. It, it feels natural. Like when you put something away, you kind of fold it in and put it away. So having that in the bag is also really nice. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> nice uh, compliment. So do you sketch out ideas for bags and then source material or do you find a piece of material like a piece of leather and then be inspired by that or like your concepts come about in different ways? You know, yes and yes to all of that. Um, yes. I think that sometimes, you know, it's about the utility right like um i really want to be able to wear take my pens with me and i want to um you know or put my makeup and like my my wallet and i don't want to carry something you know it's kind of like the idea of like what what is it i'm trying to solve mm -hmm. for and then there's the part of it that's like i really want to wear something pretty like so when i put it down um I enjoy it, like I can match it to what it is that I'm wearing. Other people can enjoy it, like when you when you bring it to the table and it's a reflection of you, you know? I, I think this is something that I've been thinking about lately as well, it's like, why do we do things, right? In the morning, mm -hmm. the basic things that we walk into is like, you go to your closet or you go take a shower, you take in and you have to pick out your clothes, right? Yeah. It's a very simple thing, but it is, so many things at a time, you know, that's the moment where you know what you have is clean or dirty, or, you know, you know that's the moment, yeah, your mood, you're like, I'm going to go out into the world like this, or I'm never leaving the house, you know, so these are such instinctual, like, decisions that we make, and I think that's what's beautiful about it as well, it's like, so what if I, I somebody doesn't you know want doesn't feel like doing fashion today? But like when you do go out, when you do put your stuff on like a bird, you know, like yeah. and display yourself out into the world, like you want to bring something nice. And I kept thinking like what that would be. So one of the first ones I did actually I built this one for my aunt and she. Oh well, but like um, I was exploring the concept of like dichotomy of style. Like on one side, like we're this rigid person and then the other side is like you know 
pretty much who we are and like some of it overlaps into the into society so like that's kind of what I was thinking as I kind of sat there and like did these stripes <laughs> I was like why do I have a dichotomy so this is one of the things from my dichotomy collection where I'm really exploring these two worlds like so I'm definitely I'm actually going to do one of these like for Christine because I did it for a um auction but you I would like to talk to the clients so I, when they buy them as gifts they tell me about the person mm. and sadly I don't get to keep a lot of like the pieces that I have because they are one of a kind but the this side is everything about that individual um so it, it doesn't have to be flowers this one has it's flowers but it can be you know um I love that so with that you make everything you make all your purses for one person at a time yes so I'm at, at first I was like you know yeah I want to make a whole bunch of purses and like you know sell them out however the more I think about it um I, I actually enjoy doing this and I do want to expand to work with other people who have like small manufacturing that would be the dream um and also work with you know the different wearable technology etc but I I wanted to stick with slow fashion I fell in love with that and I think the pieces that, you know, that are created right now are things that you can keep for a very long time. I do care about the environment. I do care about, you know, not wasting materials. And if there's a nice feeling of having a bespoke piece that is still relatively affordable that you can walk with someone through to create, you know, and it's something you can pass on. Well, um, I'm just thinking uh, for business-wise on the other side of coin your prices are very affordable for one of a kind. I mean, like, I I thought that these were all productions of multiple purses. Like, this is one purse. For that price, that is... Insane, yes. Yes, for for the amount of time that I spend on it, I think for me, it's more of like an introductory price. Mm -hmm. Uh, As I move forward to, you know, as I move towards like creating more... um, specific things like these bags, I was able to keep at that price because I found a system in which I can, you know, work them out and build them out really nice. But um, I mean, the quality could be so many things. It can expand into so many different, um, you know, just the way that like you, you can create them individually for people that, um, yeah, I will have to price it accordingly. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I, I was just going to, I'm just thinking out loud. Um, I was just thinking you're going to have to go up on pricing because like that stuff, I'm sure it takes a long time to do those purses. And when you see the quality, you'll see what we're talking about. Um, I I tell people that it takes up to two weeks for each piece. So like they're not expecting to get their bag right away either. Um, And throughout the process, like um, there, I'll actually put the videos back up, but like I did an example with a metal smith that I worked with in Atlanta called um, Corina Sephora. She helped me build out the custom ring for a person who wanted like a custom black on black on black um, go back, right, which is the five way bag and so I walked to her and I showed her the video of her bag being created from beginning to end um so all of those things are like I think that's a special thing it kind of puts value back on the stuff that we go in and purchase every day that is a choice as well um so yeah I don't remember the last handbag that I purchased I do like specific you know designers I absolutely love fashion it's just that I, I think that I, 
I'm really exploring like why, you know, you would want to buy something. And I also question why somebody would want to buy something from me. And I'm hoping that it's the quality, it's the time, it's the, um, you know, the, the personal. You is amazing. It's like, um, I, I worry that if you went into multiple manufacturing, you would lose that quality. And that's gotta be a struggle. Because how can you make a, a living on something that you love without taking that love and making it a commodity? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And it's the intention, right? Like, so if my goal as a designer or is to be able to provide, let's say, like samples or a small batch manufacturing, then I would still have a sense of control of like the quality of the pieces that go out, you know? So that is one of the things that I'm really working hard to, um, to pursue because I would be able to work with different artisans, people employ people who love, also love like, you know, working with their hands and doing what they do. And I'd be doing something that can combine all of, you know, my life, both the tech as well as the, um, you know, maybe I can uh, have my, super fancy textile 3d printer and do amazing things no yeah i do have to say though i am obsessed with your videos that you do on instagram where you show the purse getting made for some reason i love watching people do projects and Uh, i did not know all the aspects of creating a purse all the tools that you use the pounding out the actual how physical it actually is yes it is. Like you gotta have some strength to do the purses. Like they're not. <laughs> and my neighbors have a lot of patience because sometimes, like, it's loud, you know. Um, so some days I'm just like, oh, dude, dude, I think that she's not home right now. But <laughs> as I kind of created my own space, like this one has the the space on the other side, so I'm I'm actually able to make noise, and it doesn't help to know the people that that live above you. Yeah. So how did tech get, how did you get into tech? Like, was it two separate things or later on, you you know, tech came into the picture or it was always a part of it? Wow. You know, this is a very, this question takes me back to Curacao and I actually love tech. Me and my brother would, you know, sit on that uh, internet going, you know, online in Curacao, you know, the big old monitor trying to figure out Photoshop and how to figure out how to build this website because we were determined to create something with this new medium, like, and we weren't sure. So what ended up happening is um, as I, when I came back from university and moved back to Curacao, I started an online magazine. And that's actually what I started my first stint into coding, so front-end development. So I was reverse engineering some HTML sites and like trying to figure out like how to put this picture here, like and figure out how to, you know, um, make it something that I could monetize. So that led me into doing interviews with hundreds of people, artists, some of them who are just doing amazing right now. Um, So I'm a little bit of an archivist, internet artist uh, that is all about people and like how, how we work and like why we do things and how we create. So the 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 Carib flavor was about United Creative Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And it was about linking up all the different islands and sharing stories from people that we interviewed on the different islands and from the different uh, festivals that we went to, to connect 
um, the Caribbean and see how we can grow from there. So um, that's how I ended up in tech. Um, I ended up, you know, just doing that and being curious about online business, being curious about where um, that was going. So I ended up coming and getting my master's um, in Atlanta after my my parents had moved um, to Atlanta for a little bit. Um, and doing my folk, my, my focus was on advertising and but with a focus on interactive media and technology and like how that and my paper talked about um, the effects of the internet on civic engagement. Mm. So um, I don't think tech is separate from what anybody does, like how that ended up at Microsoft is a, it's, it's a journey, but it's because of the curiosity of how, how to you connect with people. Mm. That's interesting. Hmm. I know, random, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm processing. I'm just processing it all. Like I'm thinking the bags, or I'm thinking tech. Oh. I'm thinking how, like, how far are you going to be going with the technology, including it in the bags? Oh, wow. Okay. So here's an example. <laughs> so I really love, uh, let me see what color it is right now. Let's see. So together with these uh, sound, you change the color. Let's say like it started off in this color. Uh-huh. And then when I change it, so this is pink, this this eventually would turn into this color. Oh, wow. What's beautiful about that is what do you do with that, right? So then here I am thinking, how do I include this into a bag? And many people will try to do the same type of solution. Anyway, a bag is not different from another bag, you know, like over, you know, in the world. Um, it carries stuff, you know, it's the way that we present the bag and like, you know, the aesthetic that we choose, like, you know, to adhere to and like, these te- adding these technologies or you know into it is the same kind of solution I'm looking for it's like like would would it be nice to wear a bag that you can adjust the colors to like at night like you can make match exactly what you're wearing um so these are those type of things I would love that I'm yeah so if you go and then, and these are things that are accessible to everyone. These these um, wearable uh, circuits on you know different websites you can go in and cut. But it's up to you to determine you know what how you're going to go about and solve those types of problems. See how that could be something interesting and fun for somebody's uh, accessories experience. Wow. That's amazing. So you talked about, like we read something on your, I think it was your page about mentors and you talked about the importance of having a mentor. Um, How important do you think it is um, and why do you think it is, if you do think it's important for someone to have a mentor? Okay. Are you talking about the article from you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think that we have several types of mentors and all kinds of mentors that come in and out of your life during the year. But when it comes to small businesses and like being somebody that, you know, and needing to have access to the tools that you need to kind of survive as a business, it's important. You know, like it's you're kind of navigating in the dark if you're not around the people that have experience, you know, being a business or being a podcaster or being you. It's hard because there, you know, you're just kind of going through the fog and just moving through the day and hoping for the best. Meanwhile, 
if you had a mentor, somebody can just say, hey, that you trust, that has done this, has experiences, or, or knows somebody that they can connect you with to, to, to get you back on the, on the path towards making decisions that are beneficial for your business rather than emotional, for example. That is why it's important to have a mentor. And I think that in the article, what I was really trying to communicate, um, and I think she picked it up from the conversations we had really well, is that in the spaces we have as a black woman, as a black small business entrepreneur, oftentimes if you're not part of like a big organization, association, small business thing, or if you're a little isolated, you're not going to have the, you know, the mentorship. You stuck with the internet, you can go online and, um, you know, find groups, but that one-on-one connection, that trust that you build with someone that as you move your business forward, that a lot of people probably have already in their families from generational wealth or from, you know, just being able to call uncle so-and-so and they've already been doing this for years and that doesn't often happen. And that's why these beautiful mentorship program, even including like black girls code and, you know, all of, all of these programs are so important. Um, I don't think that you have one mentor and you stick with them, but as you move and you continue to ask why, and you're are hungry and you want to, discover how to do something better you'll discover different kinds of mentors along the way and those are very very important like and um uh yeah it's it could be your colleague it could be somebody that is successful somebody that like you could be my mentors right now like you know with the advice you're giving me you're like how you know why are you you know charging this or you know and I'm thinking like what do you know that I don't know let's see you you see so like that's how I learn like I always would love to stay in that space of learning and expanding and that's why I think mentorship is important to accept into your life yeah. and not feel afraid when you when you're not you don't know for sure what to do next to ask yeah that's yeah that's something to really take in and to think about. Yeah, I didn't really think about it from uh, that aspect where you're coming from. It's, um, yeah, because like how you were saying, I would, like, if I had questions about business, I would call my uncle or my grandfather or whoever was on that business side of my family. And like, you don't realize that that is somewhat of a privilege to have that in your life, where people, a lot of people don't have that. So thank you for putting it in those words. And yeah you know, giving me some education on that. Um, I, I never thought about it that way. And it's really important to have that network too. Yeah, it is. Because if you don't have that network, then you're just going to be out there alone making mistakes and holding on to mistakes that maybe you could let go of with a mentor. Right. So as a woman of color, have you found it difficult um, to start business, to connect, to find a mentor? Like, is, have you had any challenges Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. Um, but I don't, I'm not, I don't put it in that bucket. I right. put it in the bucket of what, how am I going to get this done? <laughs> you know, so I don't kind of walk around with it on my shoulder thinking like, oh no, like, you know, the reason why I'm not, you know, as far as I want to be is because this, no. Um, I think that, that, that is what, how I can answer that the best way possible. Yes. Like yes. That. It's a challenge. Yes. I keep asking, um, yes, I don't know everything, you know, um, and I do wish I could just be like, yo, but, and, but as you get older and as you get more professional, you start noticing, you know, that within 
I'd say like my family also, you see, you know, the people have been doing like their creative businesses and they're expanding. And now I can, you know, kind of reach out and, you know, and, and kind of talk to them. Um, but in this community, the challenge is a lot of times um, it's so competitive and in, in, a, in the, in the, in the, in a, I think it's almost like planned way yeah. um, that, I'm glad that I'm in a creative aspect of it, not in like a finance or coordinator event management, because I feel that, you know, in the arts, you don't have to be first to mm. always, you know what I mean? Like in, in creativity, like in, in handbags, like it's not something you have to be first in. It's the way that you, it's the product that speaks for, you know, what it is. Um, the, the difficulty is naturally, you know, finding the people that will buy it. <laughs> um, and I've been, I've been lucky with that, like, because I think people don't think often that it's actually within the network of the people that you've grown. They're the ones that actually invest in you the most to That's start right. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's that first 200 to 1,000 people, you know, that actually contribute to a very big chunk of your income when they believe in you and they continue to move forward. You don't think about it, but when you start looking at who's been really supportive, supporting you, they're very close to you. Yeah, and, we can relate and, to that too. Yeah, because okay. once you get past it, which is when you get surprised and you're like, oh, I don't know this person. They start, people you don't know start ordering and like watching and listening to yeah. you. And that's, that's that tipping point, that exciting part where you're like, wow, okay, thank you all. Like now how can we move from there? But don't forget to thank all the people who've been like telling me my bags are really pretty when they were really, really bad in the beginning. I thank them. I tell you, you know, boy, I made some ugly things and I wore that. And I look back at them. I have like an old box and I was like, that is my friend. They really, really like me because they lied to me. They're like, That's great stuff. I pulled this thing out of the bag. I was like, oh, okay. That's my friend. <laughs> so how does how does um being from Curacao influence your design or your voice or creativity, like your path and your mission, like for where you're going and what you're doing and that beautiful, interesting country on the planet is definitely home to no thinking without boundaries, right? Like you can have moments where you're like, well, what if the plane stopped riding on in the island? Like, what would I do with myself? But I found ways, you know, there was actually, it's, there was a short stint where I did a, a, a TV, a Caribbean teen television program. I produced it with like wow. some friends and, you know, Somehow, you know, again, through the network, my dad like, was like, oh, well, you know, they have this idea. And then slowly it picked up and we were able to produce the thing with the local TV, you know, station. So I think it was boundaryless, fearlessness. Um, I'm, a, you know, I'm going to make something out of nothing all the time, you know. And I think that that's another part of like creativity that's interesting because all of these expansive notions of like, that make people even cross oceans to have a better life 
um, have to do with you know the like the uh, difficulties that you have to deal with like if you didn't have enough leather you make a smaller piece you know like if, if you wanted to expand into something big you sell more of those to make more so you learn to kind of deal with a lot of these restrictions whether it's like the the, the size of the country the opportunities available and push through it and I think that Curacao is like that in, in language and culture and music um we weren't isolated from the world in language, even so majority of people, let's say it's a Dutch colony, but they, you speak Dutch, you speak Papiamento, which is the local language. And majority of people, they speak Spanish because of proximity to Venezuela and um, English because my mother was actually from Kentucky, born in Kentucky in the United States, but ended up living there for many years. But you're not isolated from the world, even in language and expression. So you're, you can think that, you know, some people may never have left maybe the, the corner of the, the city that they've been, but my family and like the location and like how we ended up there has a lot to do, I think, with not feeling restricted to anything. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, for me, uh, growing up, uh, we're going to college with Shay, she had the most, um, the way that she used color coming from Africa. Has your color choices, like in your purses, I think are so influenced by the Caribbean. Absolutely. Like, oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Colors, and it's also these nice muted colors that are just like, yeah. I, I just, I love your color combination. So this is from the, um, this is actually inspired by a Mandarin duck. I don't know if you've seen a Mandarin <laughs> duck. Yeah. yeah. So it's like these colors, like absolutely. I think that all the all the um, buildings. I'm sorry, my dog is making a little bit. Of Pixel, hold on, honey. Um, my uh, my, all the buildings are different colors. You know, each house people choose the colors of bright yellow from the land houses from olden age. Like the um, the uh, you know, it's it's it needs to be bright. It needs to be reflective of the light because otherwise the house would be hot i can't imagine like having like lived in like brick houses with, like low color so um the sun the excuse me one second oh yeah, you're fine. <laughs> one second just get this lighting up how are you feeling oh i feel great please once i get into it i'm fine yeah, me too. Love her. She is. Me too. Uh, she is so much smarter than I thought she was. Like, not thought that she was going to be, but just the way not that came out wrong. Yeah. She is so much more. There's so much more to her than I thought. Oh yeah, but uh, I agree. Like, there's so many layers. It's amazing. She's a freaking onion, and I want to get down to more layers with her. But I don't think we have. No, we don't. That's how I was looking at it. But like. <laughs> Yeah, we're just saying there's so many layers to you, Stephanie. It's like we keep peeling and peeling. We ask a question and then we, we learn so much more. And it's like a wonderful surprise, like box. Really? Yeah. yeah, it really is. Yeah, thank you, I guess. I mean, I just like sharing. I don't think I've often had opportunities that people were asking me, you know, why, you, why are you like this? <laughs> and I... 
I do think that, you know, from the colors you wear, the things you choose, the, it's, it's both. Like, I mean, I also went to school in the Netherlands, you know, like where, wherever you set up as a kid, like your fashion, your, um, your sensibility or yeah. ability to, you know, kind of walk through the world is really affected by those years, I think. Um, That's true. So, is it hard oh, being, oh, sorry, Shay. Oh, go ahead. So you live in Seattle now. I mean, Seattle, I love Seattle, but that is completely different than Atlanta, completely different. Like it's very, I don't know how to say this in the nicest way, but it like, I love Seattle. I go there, but I'm from Detroit. So I'm used to gloomy and I'm used to snow. I'm used to not seeing the, the sun for two months, you know? So was, is that a hard transition for you now being in Seattle? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interestingly enough, I think, I think Seattle is absolutely gorgeous. Like, yes. I think they kept it a secret from people for a reason. Like they're like, don't come here. It's beautiful. And I was absolutely surprised. Like when I came in, I needed to be close to the water. So I enjoyed that. You have a little bit of all of that, the, the green, the mountains, the, the water, um, the bays over here and like the sound. So I was really happy when I saw that, but yeah, the first year or so, like as you kind of go deal with the reality of the grayness and the fogginess and the the length of that period before spring and summer hits again is is definitely hard. Um, and I think it does affect the people around you because I mean, no matter where you are, like you know, it all you know, having a diverse group of people around you, making friends in a new place. Um, you know, these are these are challenges that, like, as a person, you you travel to places, um, and you stay there temporarily. You can hit it off and be like, yeah, you know. But when it comes to living in a new space where people are very withdrawn, um, or not as outward, you know, extroverted, maybe as you would in a warmer place. I don't know. I don't know if that has anything to do with that. It is hard because um, I'm I'm very much like a, a people person. I love to talk and you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, get energy from it. Yeah, I will tell you a secret though. Uh, the winters are great for creating. I don't know what it is about the gloomy weather, but I can create so much more when it's not a good day outside because I want to be outside instead of inside. So. That's a, a one trick that we always said is we always created a lot more in the winter time. But yeah, it's got to be a hard transition for you on the sense that um, being an outgoing person, Seattle is very much books, keep to yourself kind of quiet. Um, you are very much, uh, how do I say this? Um, outgoing, kind of. Yes, yeah. an anomaly out there. Because it's very, you don't see a lot of people like you in Seattle. <laughs> you know, like, and it's been surprising because, like, I moved into this really nice um, complex. And, I mean, I think, like, we've somehow recruited me. And my sister actually moved over here as well. And oh. it's been, like, the best group ever. You know what I mean? Like, and they, you, once people get used to it not being, like, you know, overbearing, <laughs> it's it's more like, Hey, neighbor, you know, and I, I think those things are important. And as you have built those relationships with the people that live around you and you realize that you can become friends with them, that's when I started feeling more at home in Seattle or like and even here in Kirkland. Like, And, you know, 
a little bit later, like when people realize, oh, she's pretty consistently this way. Okay. So we're going to have to deal with that or will she calm down? I'm like, no, I'm not calming down, but okay. We are, we are right. Like, so that's the, that's the difference, right? It's like consistency. Like she's consistently like this. I hope, you know, some days I'm happy. Other days I'm not sad, but I'm pretty intense. Like when you need to be <laughs> compared to what I'm saying, like, so as long as that's there, I think you can you can build a relationship with your environment, with the people around you, and um, build trust. And now we have like a little community, you know. And so that that leads me to my question: um, You're so beautiful and unique and inspiring, and just your energy and the way you view things. How do you maintain not even only your uniqueness, your who you are, the essence of who you are, um, you know, because there's so much influence of how people, how you should look, how you should be um, to conform. And you seem so uh, clear and you manage to seem to stay in your space of the essence of who you are, regardless of all this noise in the world. Oh, wow. it's a good question. Uh, I think it's, it, it was, it's not easy, right? I don't think it's easy for anybody. However, it is easy because I will be very unhappy. I have learned through experience if I don't walk in my purpose, in my essence, in my reason for being here, that is not in my hands sometimes, right? Like, how do you wake up in the morning? I'm like, okay, here we are again. What are we going to do? But I had nothing to do with that. That's nature, that's, that's me you know, waking up and walking into the world as I am. Um, I think that that came from nurture a little bit. I think my mom is a little bit rebellious, you know, like I think growing up, letting me wear what I want, getting teased, getting under, you know, misunderstood, like not fitting in. And um, all of those things take you through a journey um, and with a good, relatively, you know, also consistent like support system whether it's not necessarily one person or just your family like but because we may have had a similar nurturing we were able to understand that pain in each other and like not to say that people don't try to shift their pain into assimilation or just acting like everybody else and and you know feeling better there in numbers um I think that having to battle through that very real pain that comes with, you know, not, you know, just not quite fitting in anywhere when, and also like what happens when you travel and like being perfectly fine everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's too different. It's such a, it's a, such a balancing act that I somehow have found safety there. Mm-hmm. And my, it, I think it's safe because, um, I can sleep at night when I'm being myself. When I tell somebody that I don't want to do something, like I'm going to have anxiety about it. You know what I mean? Like if I stay in situations that are unhealthy for me, I'm not going to be happy if I'm not able to communicate freely in in, in the company that I am, those people are not for me. That's powerful. So it's, it moves you through life in a, in a different way. And I think it has helped me become fearless in settings that oftentimes seem to bring terror. 
that's, that's deep. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Um, so funny. I gotta, I gotta say, when you said that you felt like you didn't belong anywhere, when I look at you, I feel like you belong everywhere. Right. Like, yeah. I feel like you walk down with the confidence of a thousand people. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, and it's just so funny, like you never know what anybody else is going through because I would have never guessed those words were going to come out of your mouth. Never. Uh, yeah, no, it's pain. It's, pain that way. Loss. it's loss. It's all the things that, you know, I think that you, you either have to sit with or just, or your, yourself will perish. Mm. But I feel like you've, I don't know, that's just my perception. You found your place in the world of who you are. I know you're on a journey still, but it's, I get the sense of you, this energy that through everything you've been through, it's like, this is who I am. You've created your, you know who you are as a person and how you, you fit in as an individual in this space. And yeah. A resignation. <laughs> and I said that the other day, you know, I think it's, it's like, well, here you are, Steph, like, uh. What are we going to do with this? Nothing. Okay. You know, but I do have, I find joy in, in um, surprising myself and stuff. And I find joy in delivering things that, you know, you can enjoy. Um, I'm just as neurotic as the next person. I have the same insecurities as everybody else. I'm, I'm finding it very nice that this is something you see from me. You know, like, um, and I'm thinking about that. Like, what, what is it that I just did? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's a very interesting dynamic because I'm sitting here and talking to, to you. Um, and these are, these are very um, revealing questions. And I think also very, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm having a hard time with describing like what, why this is such an interesting and maybe even pivotal moment for me to recognize. Like, yeah. you know, that's what I'm bringing to you. And I'm, that makes me happy. And it also makes me introspective. <laughs> it does, because I think we spend a lot of time walking the path, right? And we don't do check-ins. So we're in our heads. We see ourselves a certain way. And we're on our path to do whatever it is we're trying to do. And then someone tells you that this is how you look to me. This is how I see you. And it's like, I've been so busy going somewhere. (laughs) I didn't even get to see where I am at this point. And it's interesting to hear how someone else sees me. You know, maybe it's a point that you wanted to be at that you didn't even realize you got to, you know, your journey. Yeah. So. That's very well put. Exactly. It's kind of like you have moments where you you end up here. Who knew? Like I ended up being really great friends with Christina. Christina hooked me up with Josh. Josh was like, okay, you know, and I was like, this is a vibe. Like I I'm cool because it, it went so organically, like, and it it's it feels good all the way around. So um it's I appreciate that moment for a second. So you you kind of shocked me a little bit. So I'm like, oh, okay, like this I'm showing up. Thank you. <laughs> oh, so um, quick question. Uh, we saw Strange Bird. What oh, is yeah. important? I, I, like, I like that. We really liked that name. How did that come about? Um, yeah. uh, I feel that it is my 
that is like my spirit animal. She is the quirky side of me that is not afraid of anything um, and can show up just exactly the way, you know, she was intended to be. So strange bird, I, I find so much inspiration in different kinds of birds and totems and um, at what points, you know, they've given me strength throughout my journey. Mm. And I know that might be a little bit wild and out there, but- um, No. No. Not to Josh, his background is Native American. So he talks to me about spirit animals and all that stuff. Oh. And being from Zimbabwe, I have a totem. It's the fish eagle, so it's not oh, wild. Yeah, it's not wild and strange to us at all. Okay, good. Yeah, so those things are very important to me, and it also reminds me of, you know, where I came from, and when I think of, you know, the things that surrounded me and the energies, and like, you know, where I was at, like as a kid playing in the trees, and um, strange bird is definitely resonated with my spirit, resonated with how I approach it, how sometimes people would be okay with like othering me. Mm. I was like, but it it was it was exactly what it you know it's exactly what it is. Strange bird. That's it. And that's me. My alter, my inner spirit being that's just coming out. It's beautiful. And I'm doing it with a with a with a collection, which I'm really excited about too, which is I'm not sure if I show you that. So this is part of it. So the one of the these are old. This is like an older piece, like that. I just decided to go back to, and I I just created two more to put into a boutique here in Seattle. If she'll if she'll have them, and um, but yeah, it's exploring all these different birds that you know look very unusual, and incorporating them into the leather finishes and the way that you wear them. So this this is actually also part of the strange bird, this, um, the, um, this piece. So, you know, just exploring airiness, lightness, construction, and the, the birds that kind of... You should put no uh, birds were harmed in making <laughs> Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> it's all paint, no yeah. birds were harmed. <laughs> so, um... Like, okay, what advice would you have for other people who are creators on the journey um, and also having a full-time job? Because there are a lot of people who create, right? And they have full-time jobs and finding the time because what you're doing is a lot of work and finding that balance between your passion or what you want to create and then having a full-time job is really not easy. So through your journey and your experiences is there any advice you can give creators um, about that balance or just in general yeah i think it's not focusing on the outcome as much as you know focusing on the process depending on what you're doing you know like if you're pouring candles or you're you're making earrings or doing stamping or you know stuff like that i think that it's less a focus on like what the outcome is but a focus on, you know, doing what you're doing well, and it, it actually becomes more of a, um, a labor of love rather than like a race against time. Like, um, and often, and I think that that has given me the space to kind of find time to um, create no matter what. There's days, of course, I, I'm like, I don't feel like it, you know what I mean? But you have to kind of push through that feeling of fear because like, uh, that's what I was talking about the other day. I, it was a very simple post. I put it like, 
I'm, what is going to, to motivate me today and is joy, right? At the end of getting through processes that you don't want to get through, um, you know, sitting with it, the moment to moment of creating something, like some parts of the process I don't like as much, you know, like, <laughs> you know, every, every part of it has a thing that you're like, oh God, you know, yeah do it and then you you can either drop it at that moment because your feeling is like well well I guess I always do this anyway and you can go into self-sabotage but the muscle you're building is number one is to start always start it is the hardest part Mm. the hardest that is like my biggest inner battle daily like I don't think that ever stops right that's no, you know, it's, it's so funny that you said that it's serendipitous. Um, one, like, just to start, you're right. It is actually just the starting process. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all it is, is actually doing it. You can talk all day long. I will never forget. A friend of mine told me, he goes, Josh, you have amazing ideas, but I don't want to hear about them anymore. Do it. <laughs> like, that's the advice that I needed. Like you don't, like you could talk all day long till you're blue in the face, but you just need to do it. I just had to put that in there. I Oh, that's so real. That is the realest thing ever. It's like, you have these ideas, you want to put them and you're so used to disappointing yourself. We lie to yourself so well. Like, and I mean, every self-help book in the planet can say like, we come up with the biggest excuses that we can possibly come up with in, on the planet. I think like we're the only animal that sits there and talks to itself, right? Like, like hey, Steph, I don't think that you need to do this right now. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I think I should. If I don't do this, well, if you don't do it anyways, it's not like, you know, you won't be fine in like a week. You, you'll still survive. You know, yeah. you just didn't do it. Yeah. What are, you know, and, and that is the most disappointing space that you can end up in, in a loop, the loop of that. Mm. Yeah. Like, and, and those are the moments where I've been like the most like disappointed in myself, you know, mm. where you, you say something, you're like, oh, this is a grandiose idea. And you get into the space and you're like, oh, I'm daunted. Um, so your, your reflex is to be like, I just need to eat or I, I need a snack. Or I need to go and the, the 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 part that nobody likes to talk about, like as far as creativity is the um what is what is the word for that? It's not dedication, it is um sacrifice. Uh, no, no, not sacrifice, it's not responsibility. What is the word for that? It's but the tenacity that you have to keep going through it even when you don't feel like it or no, it's not tenacity. It's um, darn it. Why am I having a brain like <laughs> it happens? It, it's um, mm-hmm. not really. It's not this. It's it's kind of like when you practice your instrument every day, right? Like oh, oh yeah, uh, the monotony of it. No, no repetition. No, dang it! There's a word <laughs> for what I'm saying right now. It is not. Yeah, it's kind of like having. The practice? Oh, no, no. Why am I having a moment about this? I need to find... That was going to bother you. Yep, it's going to bother you. Oh, my God. The word is... (coughs) It's not dedication. It is... It's kind of like... Dang it. Oh, I'm going to... Oh, man. I cannot even believe this right now. Either way... Yeah. 
you need to practice that all the time. Like, I think that like, you know, being able to kind of give yourself a break when you have to is great. But like my advice is, you know, what Josh is saying and like what you're saying is like that starting point. Mm -hmm. And then you have to just keep starting over and over and over again. Like every moment is starting again, you know? and not like when, when I use words also, be mindful of the words you're using. I don't call it work. I have lots to do. I'm, you know, I'm working to finish this thing, but to call it work on top of work, mm. exhausting. I think that word is like so outdated. Like we just need to like throw it out. Yeah. I me. Okay, for doing this thing. And then <laughs> we keep it moving. I I feel differently about it. it. It it frees my environment from like that that idea. It's yeah. funny you say that because um, the first graphic design job I got, um, my boss she was from Colombia, uh-huh. and she worked a lot. It was a small graphic design studio. There was only it was her and three of us, and she says she doesn't keep a watch. She doesn't look at time. She stops when she's tired. She doesn't operate on this whole time concept. Oh, it's nine o'clock, I have to stop working now. She says she just works and does stuff until her body tells her that, hey, you know what, go take a break. So it's interesting, your you know perspective on the whole work concept, because it reminded me of her and how she viewed time, that okay. we should like conform to this idea of these things. You can change how you look at at. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, and especially in tech, like since I've often worked like in the more innovation arm, like, you know, in, in helping people get through the discomfort of like leaving an old idea behind, like it's an interesting way of looking at it. You know, like you don't come across it as a problem. You look at it opportunity, you know, this is not an issue that you have to solve within yourself. This is a moment for you to start doing something differently for yourself. You like know? And, and the way that you, you approach the problems, like, you know, just coming in, as I've grown to know myself more, as I understand what motivates me more, I realize how much my language has had to change. Mm, that's powerful. That's very powerful. So, I mean, we could, Josh, we could obviously talk to Stephanie forever. Um, We would like to know, we ask all our guests this, um, what does being a creator or creator mean to you? It's life. It's life. It is. Yes. We agree. Living. Um, And I don't think that we can not be creators in this life, no matter what we do. So um, acknowledging it and, and speaking power into, you know, the life that you are, a creation in and of itself. Um, that's, that's what I think that we're here to do. Me,